Throw me the idol. No time to argue. Throw me the idol. I throw you the whip. Give me the whip. Adios, señor. Hi-Tech Move fans, Keith Moreau here. I just wanted to warn you that this episode was recorded in November of 2015. I just couldn't get it together enough to release it until now. Come on, Keith. However, I think most of the information is still very relevant, but you can be the judge of that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 27 of Tech Move. Coming to you from high atop our luxury studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 27. In today's podcast, we talk about Rod's soon-to-be-purchased Pixco focal reducer and speed booster. Keith talks real-world tests using the Sony A7S II. We talk about a bunch of new lenses from Canon, Sigma, and Roikinon. And we talk about a new video card from NVIDIA, plus a whole lot more. I'm Rod Louie, along with my partner, Keith Moreau. It's time to roll on with another fantastic episode of Tech Move. Let's go! Greetings and salutations to the Tech Move Nation. Rod Louie and Keith Moreau again here with you folks. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us on this, what we call episode 27. Although, Keith, uh, oh, by the way, uh, hi, Keith, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Rod? Good. Uh, I I just want to make mention that, you know, this is episode 27. Uh, and of course, our, our our last episode was twenty six. But you know, we we kind of threw a wrench in the mechanics because uh uh. So, folks, do your math here. Episode twenty five was so long and laborious. Even Keith and I couldn't take it for one episode. Isn't that right, Keith? <laughs> even we, we couldn't just, take it. We just couldn't take it. It was going to be like three and a half hours. And we said, hey, so. let's spare the tech move nation. Uh, uh, any additional pain than there already is and just say, hey, let's split that up and, you know, split it into, and that's why 26 was a continuation of 25. Uh, so we thank you for, for, for listening to that. But now we have a brand new, fresh episode of Tech Move, and this is episode 27. Thank you very much, Keith. I appreciate you joining us on this brand new episode. Yes, but one thing I, that I discovered um, about recording super long episodes and then splitting them up is we actually make a lot more progress on our episode count. Yes. So um, uh, uh, oh, maybe uh, this is a new tactic. <laughs> Just split up, split up our three-hour episodes into one-hour episodes and 
and and just say that we have more episodes out. We should just release one segment at a time, and that way we'll we'll get up to episode two hundred in you know about six months. The the way our track record is, so yeah, or five minute episodes, <laughs> where we just stop mid sentence. <laughs> we'll get lots of episodes out there. Uh, that would be great. I will. We will. Do, we will do but, that. We'll, but the thing we did in, in between episode 25 and 26 was we actually told people that they might be able to win flocking. That's right. But then we didn't tell them how to win the flocking until episode 26. Well, well that's what we <laughs> well, you know, that's what we call a cliffhanger in the business. You see you're you're very inexperienced in that area. So, uh we call that cliffhanging and I actually approve of that what uh in in all instances because you know, they were waiting. <laughs> <laughs> they were waiting. And you know what's great is I you know, it's still flocking material. So <laughs> were they really waiting? I don't know. Well, we'll know. Well, uh basically while we're recording this episode, we still haven't come out with episode twenty six. So Oh, it hasn't hit the airwaves yet? <sighs> hasn't hit the airwaves. Well it's Actually, probably it's, yeah, twenty five hasn't well either, either but <laughs> but i expect that to happen very soon so you know what this is this is very much like michael jackson where we have a lot of material in the vaults still so we're ready yeah. to release at any time uh due to keith's untimely passing <laughs> exactly hopefully i'll carry on <laughs> i i will carry on but poor keith that's... you'll have to stitch together the the skype versions of the episodes <laughs> that you have that's right <laughs> Make it work. It's kind of like remastering old that's bootleg right. tapes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like old uh, Bugs Bunny Mel Blank tapes, right? right. They, they, they keep coming out with him using his voice, and Mel Blank's been passed on for decades now. Uh, okay, anyway. Hey, uh, hey. Uh, let me start off this episode by telling you, uh, Keith, and our listening audience that uh, Rod Louie is going to make a purchase very shortly. He hasn't done no, it yet, but he's no. going to make a purchase uh, uh, that I will be excited to review uh, very shortly here on Tech Move as soon as I get it. Now, I haven't bought it yet, but let me just share it with you. And uh, because the whole listening audiences uh, know how, shall we say, lack of a better term, cheap Rod Louie is. And uh, I am going to. <laughs> That's much too kind. I like to say cheap, frankly. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. Rod Louie is going to buy a focal reducer, speed booster, adapter lens uh, for my GH1. And Ooh. I have found the perfect one where it's not going to be too painful to, bu- to buy. And it may or may not work. And it's, it's worth the try. And Keith, I'm going to be uh, buying this thing from a company called Pixco, P-I-X-C-O. Have you ever heard of them? Um, I think they're made in my neighbor's garage. Pixco, focal reducer, speed booster. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of something witty to say about Pixco, but no, no nothing's happening. Nothing's coming. <laughs> something like, oh yeah, they were indicted for... <laughs> Yeah, but that didn't work, and then right. oh yeah, their you know five factory workers were killed, but no, that that didn't work. Inhaling so, the fumes that yeah. they uh, that's used to make this thing. Anyway, this Pixco focal reducer. Now I'm going to buy one because I've got a I've got a couple of old Nikon lenses, right for uh, uh for for an old Nikon um, film camera that I had. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, one of them is this uh, pretty nice Prime 50. It's a 1.8. Yeah. And, uh, and I had bought this, like, adapter for it to use on my GH1. But you know how the crop factor works. You know, the 50 millimeter turns to 100 millimeter, right? Yeah. So it's a lot less useful. And also, it's probably not quite as high quality enough because you're just it's kind of zooming in on that really little part of the glass. That's correct. Yeah. Exactly. So... so uh, uh, even though I, I have to say that I thought it took some very uh, 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 nice still photographs in the sense uh-huh. of like, I felt that it was a lot warmer feel to it than even the uh, Panasonic uh, kit lens that came with the GH1. Um, in yeah. some ways it, had, it, it was a little bit warmer in that way. Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of people do that. They, the sensors are just getting so sharp and perfect nowadays that people are starting to use... Uh, glass that isn't perfect to just give it or not necessarily isn't perfect but has kind of a different character to it and that's what this my my lens adapter definitely has yeah for sure for sure but anyway so this little 50 millimeter 1.8 that i've got you know it's way too much money for me to spend on a speed booster uh uh, for this lens because it's a good lens but it's not a great lens right uh uh but this pixco uh, a speed booster that's available right now. It's on Amazon for eighty nine seventy six, eighty nine dollars and seventy six. Let's round up to ninety bucks. Mm, that okay. to me is the perfect price point for me to try something like this. That is a. It's it's kind of a. You can afford to just throw that away if it doesn't work. Right. I yeah. I, I figure even, even though I probably want, I'll probably make that my number one unit, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but but nonetheless, I mean, at ninety bucks, I think that that could work well. Uh, supposedly, I, I get an increase of exposure one stop. Uh, you know, it's it, it's supposed to. <laughs> this is great. They they say that one of the big features made of metal. That's a good thing, right? Made, made of metal, of metal yeah. rather than rather than, than tissue foil. paper, right? <laughs> that would be bad, <laughs> exactly. Because like, the last Pixco was it called Pixco? Pix Pixco. Yeah, the last Pixco was made out of tissue paper. Right, that's right. Well, they've they've yeah. improved quite a bit. You know, well, that's good. Those five year old kids in their R and D department have uh, really really stepped yeah. it up. Yeah, it was it was it, used, it was a kindergarten project. <laughs> that's they, right. That's right. Up, up that. Uh, of course, the bad thing, everything is going to be manual operation with it. But Okay, so there's no electronics in it. Zero. I, you know, for, for 90 bucks, what am I expecting, right? That's true. So for 90 bucks, I'm going to get that one additional stop. Uh, so, uh, uh, and Keith, would I be correct in saying when you get one of these, uh, it usually, it, it's better on the crop factor than the uh, than the double the size. Is that correct? Uh, I'm not sure what you're asking. You know how you know how my 50 millimeter lens adapter uh, uh, turns Mag- my magnifies it magnifies it by 100 with these yeah. with these speed boosters focal reducers. You don't have that same thing, correct? Yeah, the theory is that there's a yeah a, a kind of a condenser glass in there that shrinks down the image to fit onto the micro four thirds. So that's yeah. what I'm hoping on too. So, yeah. what, so then, does, it, does it say what the magnification factor is? You like, know is that it that's the, it, it does not. It does okay. not indicate that at all. So I think that's probably one of the scary things I'll be getting into is that it doesn't indicate that really anywhere. Okay, I'm gonna look at mine that I already have. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Um, it could be exactly the same as yours. Oh, really? Because there's no marking on it. 
Oh, none? Wow. No, it just says EOS to dash to M43. That, yeah. that might be the same thing because this yeah. one has no. It, 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 you're right. I mean, the one that I'm going to purchase, all it has is N slash G for Nikon G mount to M43. Yeah. Do you have a picture of it you could show me or point me to? Because then I could tell you if it's exactly the same. Uh, uh, if you go on to Amazon, I'm going to buy uh, it off Amazon. Look for. Oh, that's good. So you could return it if it's just bad. Right. That's good. Right. And also they have returns. I think up to this, I think when starting in November, maybe Amazon has returns until the end of January or something, which is crazy. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Well, pretty so sure could, about that. So I could yeah. really do a huge test on it. You could you test know? it. You could run it over with a truck several times in that <laughs> I time. I don't like it. And then just return it. Right. Um, okay. So where is, where it, is it on Amazon? Uh, just uh, search for Pixco Focal oh. Reducer Nikon G Mount. Okay. So one difference is yours is Nikon and mine is Canon. But right. Exactly. Okay. I see it. Oh, this is through a third party, but because it's not a Prime thing. Oh, or is it? Uh, no, it's it's sold by something. By some yeah. weird guy, but Amazon still. Uh, uh, if you buy it through them, it, it's still there with the same policies. Is that correct? Um, let me actually Somewhat. see. Um, actually, no. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so, great. I mean, each each reseller has their own policy. Okay. So unless it's if it's through Amazon and it has uh, like a Prime thing, right? Then, then it's definitely you can definitely return it and have that period of time. If okay. you uh, buy it through a third party yeah. and you want to return it, yeah, g- good luck with that. Oh, Rodney. okay, because right. I've actually done that before uh-huh. and hasn't worked I, out well. Um, I only had to do it like once or twice, and it was a it was a pain. The time it worked, it was a pain, and the second time there was no response. Oh wow, okay. Um, I I didn't really pursue it that much because I just ran out of time, and it was only like fifty dollars. So right, but. So I'm just saying the Amazon returns are so easy and quick and no questions right. asked. Correct. The third party ones are are less less of that. Okay. So well, a way I, to check check it, that is just the Amazon Prime thing. And and, and the way I figure it too, at the ninety bucks, it's worth it's worth the chance. Yeah. Why not? It's worth it's worth the chance. Why not? It's okay. So so far from what I can see, it's pretty darn close in design to what I have. Oh, like wow. all the little pictures almost match it exactly. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And th- and so, that's the one you used to 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 test for me. No, you no. didn't use that. You used a Metabones. For I me. used a Metabones. Right. I got this. I tested it out. I think I got it a little bit before I got the Metabones speed booster. Right. And then I just decided, just decided, eh, I don't want to deal with this. I'll just get the Metabones. Right. So I have this, you know, another paperweight lying around <laughs> taking up space. Maybe I should just give you this one. I, I, but too bad I don't have any Canon lenses. You don't? Oh, okay. So that, well, that, I could probably dig up some Canon lens that's collecting dust somewhere. Yeah. You know, one of the things you can do mm-hmm. is you can um, you can get a very inexpensive Nikon to Canon adapter. It's like a little shim. Uh-huh. It's really, really thin because there's just a slight... The, the Nikons, out of all the lenses, mm-hmm. the focal plane on the Nikon is actually the farthest from from the... Like the end of the lens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the end of the glass of the lens to mm-hmm. the to the actual sensor right. is actually the the longest point. So it's pretty cool. That means that Nikon lenses are are probably the best adaptable lenses because if you get a, a Nikon lens, then you could just get a little shim adapter and mm-hmm. then turn that Nikon into a Canon super easily. Ah, so so using this. 
Pixco thing, or, or in the in a sense, whatever one you've got, we'll call yours a Pixco also. Yeah, Let's just call yours Pixco also. Yeah, uh, I I would just get a Nikon to Canon adapter, which is thin. Which is thin. They're like ten bucks. Ten bucks or, or and, less. And, yeah. and, and and that sh- and that will work better than my Nikon to Micro Four Thirds lame adapter that increases the crop factor by two times uh no but it will allow you to use a nikon lens with a canon mount mm-hmm. which this so, is yeah so which is the one that i have right the one that you have is just a straight nikon mount but correct if you had but the, the thing is if you have a canon mounts then it's actually even more versatile right because then your canon mounts will work for canon lenses and for nikon lenses right so you may, I'll, may I'll, buy, I'll buy yours from you. I'll buy you. I'll buy it from you. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll work it out after the show. I, I, I want it, it on tape right now. To, we'll work it. Uh, we'll work it out. <laughs> Do you have any flocking to trade me? <laughs> <laughs> the contest is going pretty well, and I'm starting to run out. No, we'll we'll talk about it after the show. Sounds great. Okay. Maybe it'll be an early Christmas gift. Hey, that would be that that would be very <laughs> well, the way you and I see each other could be Christmas for 2018, so. <laughs> the, the, yeah, but I would say this is probably the same Interesting. The same one. Hey, yeah. that that's an idea. I never thought about that because like, you know, obviously the goal is to try and get, you know, some Canon glass in my arsenal. Right. I I I would like to eventually do that right and if i could still make use of some uh, the the two nikon lenses i've got which are not very good i don't want to spend a whole lot of money on a nikon mount but right i, I certainly would on a on a canon mount because right. i think that could be much more useful to me and then just right. get an adapter and you're saying the adapters do, do those adapters from nikon to canon affect your uh uh your image very much no, they're just there's nothing in them. They're just a ring. Okay. So oh, all they're doing is just great. slightly spacing the lens out farther from the adapter. But doesn't sometimes that spacing affect your image? Uh, no, the spacing really won't. It might slightly affect how well it focuses or how accurately it focuses based on the little um, little indicators on the uh, ring of the lens. You know how there's those little Correct. some lenses have those little um, depth of field markers and focus markers. Right. It might make those not match, or it might make like infinity focus, like when you cl- turn the lens all the way, one way to the infinity. Right. It might not really be infinity; st- still may need to focus a little more. Oh, okay. But most of the time, those are designed to be perfect, so that everything kind of matches up. No. Yeah. But I found mostly with these adapters, they're not after you add, add any kind of adapter, especially the the converters that convert one type of lens to another. They they will tend to just make that a little bit off and not as perfect. So hey. just because, yeah, but it's not going to affect anything else. It's not going to make it unfocusable or anything. And so I'm going to, I'm going to test this, this uh, thing out for you. I would appreciate that. That would be great. Yeah. I'll test it out on the air. So I've got my GH1. Um, you know what, a- what, you know what's so great is that you still have the GH1. And I think the only reason why is so that you can test it for me. <laughs> that's much. really, that's really its only good thing for you right now is that uh, uh, you you can test stuff and then have a good indication of what I'm going to do with it. Right. That's right. great. Good. That's pretty Thank much you. it. Thank That's you why I much. kept it. Yeah. <laughs> I could have sold it for $10, but I kept right. it. <laughs> right. But it's more worth it to, to, to use it to test stuff for me so that I we have something to talk about. Exactly. That's okay. very good. 
So I've got my focal reducer thing. And I think now here's the thing, your Nikon lens has a manual aperture. Correct. Right, right? Okay. So you have to have that with this type of adapter. You can't for example, you can't you wouldn't be able to get a Canon lens unless uh, unless it was a manual lens like a Rokinon. Okay. So in a way, because a lot especially a lot of the older Nikon lenses have manual rings. Uh-huh. Um those are almost maybe a, a better bet because then you've got the built-in aperture ring. You don't have to align something electronic if you're going to go this way. Right. But anyway, okay, so I'm going to put this on. I just have one of my um, my nice Rokinon lenses out. Let me just see which one I'm going to choose here. This is exciting, uh, ladies and gentlemen. might not be for you, but for me it is. Yeah, so I'm going to... I want to choose a lens that's a, not super wide, so let me see. Okay, here we go. I was actually lining up a bunch of lenses. What, to like display like a uh, little trophy <laughs> trophy shelf or something like that? Uh, not exactly. Mm. Um, let me see. That would have been neat if you had done that, though. Have them all lined up on your desk or something <laughs> and say, I like you, I don't like you. That would actually, have been cute. Actually, um, and we'll talk about this later, but I'm doing a little bit of test of different adapters and things. Oh, good. Yeah. That, that, so. That's my favorite thing. Right now, that's my favorite thing are all these different adapters. And I, and I, and I love them. Great. So I'm using my Rokinon 50, which is a manual lens. Completely and manual? Yes, completely manual. Good. Um, and actually, the 50 is a pretty nice lens. I would say that the 50, uh, for the Rokinon, the 50 is probably some of the best image quality that they're getting. Oh, really? Yeah, because they actually vary. The Rokinons, well, first of all, the Rokinon quality control isn't isn't perfect. Mm. So there you, there will be variances even between lenses. But um, like one time I was actually, I went to a, sh it was actually a photo shoot um, rather than a video shoot. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had brought my 80, which is kind of my, my main, or 85, the Rokinon 85. Right. Which I love for portraits. It's just so creamy and, and and I, I really like it. I've used it for years. I actually got one of the original ones, like, whenever they came out six years ago. Okay. And this is still the same one. I think they might have improved the coating since then, but I'm not sure. But anyway, I forgot it. I, I actually had another lens, had the 50. So so the 50 has a slightly different perspective. It's not quite as good for portraits. Mm -hmm. um, just because, I mean, the thing about portraits in general is just for being more flattering, you want to have a little bit longer lens to flatten the perspective stuff out sure like you don't want people's nose you don't want people's noses to be uh bigger than they normally are and it's just a little more flattering so that's why 85s and higher are used for portraits okay <clears throat> but uh i forgot my 85 so i had my 50 and uh i put it on and i just put the camera it's a full frame camera then but i put it into aps-c mode on the camera so that essentially turned the 50 into like a an 80 oh wow and then okay. I got that perspective squashing stuff that I that I kind of wanted out of it. Uh huh. So um, that's kind of a trick for people if you know if your if your camera has the ability to switch between full and and crop modes. Okay, so I'm putting this on the adapter. Have the power off on the GH1. The the connection to the uh, GH1 is not as uh, it's a little slightly loose. You know, you can kind of there's a little bit of wiggle. Okay. But that's okay. That's to be expected from a a cheapo no name focal reducer <laughs> you're right and, and, and you know that that, that that's they, they they say i think one of the reviews on this thing was that uh 
some guy tried to use it on his uh black magic uh compact. Uh-huh. And it and he had to use his Dremel to get it to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so I think I think for the GH1 uh, just a little bit of play is probably very acceptable <laughs> at that point. Okay. So there's I'm turning it on. Yeah. And I see it and the white balance is pretty bad, so I'm going to try to Somehow white balances. Forgot to actually how that actually works. Okay, there's a key on the back, the right key. Yeah, it was set to it was set to Dale uh, to tungsten. So I'm gonna set like it to something else, like uh, I'll just cloudy or or fluorescent. I'll just set it to auto for now. Okay, so I'm looking through it, and are you looking just, through? Are you looking through the uh, uh, the flip out screen or through the viewfinder? I was looking through the flip out screen, but I think maybe I'll look through the viewfinder and see how that because I can think I could focus better on that. Okay, so I'm trying to focus. This is perfect because I actually have a focusing ring right in, right, right. Uh, uh, what's called a Siemens star focusing chart. Oh, okay. And it's basically kind of it's kind of those things where the, it's like a kind of like a target. With right. a bunch of concentric or a bunch of lines that are pointing towards the center of the target. Okay. And it's actually used by, you know, camera people to focus. I found one on the internet and I printed it out because I'm doing some focus tests. Oh, great. Which you'll talk about later. But so you're in luck. This is a perfect opportunity. I am lucky. Yeah. So I'm looking at it now. And uh, let's see. How do we do the punch in on here? Is there a punch in focus on the. On the uh, G- GH1, y- yeah, you, uh, just halfway. So my immediate um, thought, yes, right now is that it's a little bit low contrast. Like it milks, it made, in my opinion, made everything a little bit milky. Okay. But it's not a bad look, and you can bring that back in post. Okay, I mean, this kind of looks like a now instead of my super sharp uh, Rokinon, it's more like a vintage lens. Oh, okay. So on your vintage lens, it should just look like. Complete merc, but <laughs> but it's uh, but it's not bad from what I can tell. Uh-huh. It's 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 semi acceptable. I wish I could figure out how to punch in on here. I know that I could in the past. Let me see if I can just figure out how to do that. Um, okay, here we go. With manual focus lenses, you need to hit the four position button on the left position, then hit the center button. Okay, so let's see how that works. There you go. Oh, excellent. Okay. So oh, and it worked? How, yeah. So now I can see how well it focuses. It's actually really good. Really? Yeah, it's actually really sharp in the middle. Let me see how it is on the edge. Because usually it's the edges that are not as good. Right. Yeah, so it's the left dial button and then click the middle to... Or you can move it around with the dial, the focusing area. Uh-huh. And then click the middle to actually zoom it. Not as good on the edge, but not not too bad. That could be on my lens too, and it might not be the adapter. So, so acceptable, acceptable, definitely acceptable. Only mm-hmm. thing is low con, kind of low contrast. Low contrast, but yeah. like you said, that can get fixed in post. Yeah, I'm in. Okay, you might be receiving one of these. Oh, how lovely, how lovely. Now, uh, so all I'd have to get is that Nikon to to Canon adapter. Yeah. I might be able to find one for you all. I'll check out oh my, my, gosh, my stock this, of... This really could be a Christmas that one never forgets. <laughs> wow, gee whiz. I mean, as it is now, I don't think I'll ever use this, like, ever. You so. don't think so? No, nah, I don't think so. Well, 
if you need to. I mean, to. it's actually, well, if I wanted to get like a low contrast, <laughs> creamy look, but I could just turn down the contrast slider on my post. True. On my Premiere Pro. True. Yeah. So it's not bad. I'm actually, I think I even mentioned that I was somewhat impressed with it to the manufacturer. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's a great that's a great review and a, a, and a great <laughs> tester. I, I, I'm I'm excited about this. This could this could be something that uh, that I could investigate. I think uh, this could be good. I think that could be exciting. Uh, uh, yeah, very very nice. Okay, uh, I'll just need your shipping address. Okay, all right, as well as a waiver. <laughs> well, thanks for testing that for me, Keith. I appreciate it, and uh, yes, I will. <laughs> of course, I will let you know my shipping information immediately uh, anyway hey I, I know that there's something you wanted to talk to about about the better booster which is of course the creme de la creme the metabones uh booster and yes. uh, you you have some interesting findings with that um yeah so um remember i was just saying in the past i've tested the metabones and i thought the calm light worked better right or, or at least as good uh, not not the speed booster one, just the straight electronic adapter. Correct. Um, and then, as we mentioned in the last episodes, uh, that adapter had some issues because it just was needed some flocking inside. Right. So I added the flocking. Well, the the newest, the very 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 newest Metabones actually has flocking inside it. Oh. So that yeah, so that's that's a good thing. Also, the newest Metabones they seem to be updating the firmware a little bit more for the Sony cameras. Um, and the one thing that's kind of cool about the Metabones, as a, as opposed to all the other adapters, is there is a way to upgrade it. So they have a little um, micro USB port on them, and you can run their software and actually upgrade the adapter. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is only available with the newest adapters. So I was only able to do it with my newest GH uh, micro four thirds adapters, and the uh, and then actually th this new um, Sony. E-mount adapter that I got. So I got. So I was just. I was just gonna see if the Metabones is still kind of as bad at, or not any better than the Comlight and other adapters. So I actually ordered one. Um, it's like four hundred dollars. What the the Metabones you ordered? Yeah, I ordered the Metabones. And is, got is, it. is that the Ultra? Is that what they call it? No, this is not the Speed Booster one. Oh, this is just it's the just an adapter. It's called the Metabone Smart, Smart Adapter. Got it. Version four. Wow, that's expensive for an adapter. Yeah, it is, and and it's, and a lot of people that actually have have bought it and reviewed it have basically said it's it's too expensive for what it does. Um, if it actually did everything that it should do, then it might not be. It might be kind of. It might be right in the price point, but it's it's kind of like any name name brand. The Metabones is enjoying the success of being the first and and it's only been recently in like the last year or maybe two years where other adapt other electronic adapters have come in at the more like the hundred dollar or less price point right and um so i think they're feeling a little bit of pressure so one of the things they've added to, to is this usb upgrade so they can upgrade their firmware to newer versions um, they've also added the flocking which other adapters don't have it inside so there's two things that make it just just better, more versatile. Um, the flocking thing is a big thing because that's at least you know fifty cents of flocking, or even free <laughs> from me. But uh, <laughs> from Tech Move. But 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 do they do it as nicely as you do? <laughs> no, yeah. no, they don't. Right. No, there's none of those overlapping uh, mistakes and things <laughs> in there. 
<laughs> that don't really matter. Right. But anyway, um, yeah. So, so I, I, I ordered it with the strong possibility that I would test it and return it if it didn't turn out okay. Um, one of the things though, that, that has led me to perhaps not uh, think the calm light is quite as good as I once thought it was, mm-hmm. besides the lack of flocking, is I was actually filming the other day, kind of an important interview, and I was actually filming it using my A7S II for the very first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was actually the very first time that I was using it as my A camera. So that was that's the camera that's that's the main one that we'll we will cut to, and then we'll and we might cut to other angles, but that's the one that's the primary one. Right. Um, and what I was using it is I was basically using it to replace my my close up one. I was doing a kind of a wider uh, angle, um, and maybe like uh, from waist up, mm-hmm. and then with with the possibility of doing a punch in and post so i was recording in the 4k mode and then later if i wanted to get a close-up more of the face then i would just punch in two times and what that would do is just give give more of a like neck up perspective so instead of having and this is the whole purpose of 4k in in a lot of cases is you have this versatility where you can punch in without losing resolution right so uh anyway i was filming that and i was using that my new favorite lens the uh, 70 to 200 and I had it in 70 mode at f4 because I wanted to blur out the background, and I was pretty far back. Luckily, and that's that's why I used the the 70. I would have used a different one if I was if I was a little bit closer, but I had a lot of space in this interview, so I could be, you know, 10 feet away from the talent. Nice. Yeah. So, um, so I did it, and then kind of I don't know, 15 minutes in or something, I just noticed everything kind of went darker on the on the Sony's LCD, and I was like, what? And I just said, I, we got to stop because there's a big shift in lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, did the sun go down? Did one of my lights go out? And right. I just checked everything and nothing. And then I looked on the LCD and it actually shifted the f-stop. Oh, it automatically? Had changed, it had just spontaneously changed the aperture. <laughs> which is not good. <laughs> and this happened on the A7S II, is that correct? Yeah, on the A7S II with the calm light. So, um, so anyway, so I switched it back and then about... 10 minutes later, it happened again. And I just, I didn't stop everything. I just switched it back. I forget. I, I had a GH4 running, running as well. And the interview wasn't going that well. So <laughs> I didn't think it was quite as valuable as I once thought it was earlier right. in the interview. <laughs> so yeah, it's okay. We're not going to use this anyway. Right. It doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> there, this thing is going south in a handbasket. So, um, yeah. So, but I can't have that happen. No, of course not. That's no yeah. good. That's no good because I could possibly save it in post. And this has happened just through other situations, changing the post color correction, raising the exposure in the post to compensate for that that shift, right? that lesser exposure. But it still can be noticeable. It's it's hard to get it perfect. There's a way and, of kind of... Isn't that kind of just a lot of work too, just, just, to, just to try and make them even out and stuff? Oh yeah, it's a lot of extra work. Sometimes you have to just to salvage the scene, right. and things go by pretty quickly, so people don't necessarily notice. But I would probably most likely just cut out, cut to the wide, that uh, the GH four wide if I really needed to. Right. So anyway, so in finding this, wow, you know, I really like this adapt this cheapo adapter, but now it's if it's doing this, and I don't know what else it could be. You know, maybe I, I guess it possibly could be coming from the Sony, but I don't think so. Um, but 
I just haven't noticed this before on the Sony. And I had just previously used the Sony to record a really long uh, presentation um, in a different mode. And I hadn't really changed the aperture there, and I didn't really notice anything changing. So anyway, I um, so that led me to order this Metabones and get it. got it pretty quick from Amazon. I think I got it directly from Metabones, which is odd, or one of their dealers, because it came right away, um, and it was packaged very well, you know, like it was brand new. And anyway, tried it out, did some tests and I was particularly interested in the autofocus tests on the a7s2. Of course, I was just, I, as a matter of just all the other electronic functions are going to work. I'm going to, I'm not even going to test those that much, you know, like the IS powering, the image stabilization of the lens has it is going to work. The aperture control is going to work. What I was really wondering about is does the autofocus work at all, or better than the com lights or the other adapters. Oh, in addition, I actually also ordered the photodiox adapter. Oh, okay. Yeah, the photodiox has a little more expensive adapter. They're more. They're a little bit more of a brand name than the com light. Actually, like, I actually own some photodiox stuff. Yeah, which I, which they, I like. Yeah, they they started out pretty inexpensive. And they still have a really cheapo line of stuff, but they're starting to get a little bit more high end mm-hmm. over the years. Their company and they have a nice set of lighting now, a nice set of other. Uh, peripherals. So I think they're starting to get up there in quality. So I figured I, I'd order this and see if it was any better than the Comlight. My immediate test of the Photodiax was that it was actually worse than the Comlight. Like, it oh, didn't fo- okay. yeah, it just didn't focus at all. So mm-hmm. I just kind of put that aside. The, the Photodiax does not have flocking inside as well, so I'd probably have to add some, but it does have a kind of um, kind of a ribbed ribbed walls on the inside of the lens. And I guess that's supposed to break up the light and it's a little bit more matte finished than the calm light, but it mm-hmm. doesn't have the official flocking that really absorbs all the light. So I might have to add, add some. So I'm still going to test that a little bit more to see, um, you know, maybe if I return the meta bones, I might keep the photo docs cause it might be more stable electronically, mm-hmm. but either the meta bones nor the, nor the calm light has any way to upgrade it. So once you buy it, that's it. You're you're stuck with whatever feature set it has, right? So, in a way, that's a plus for the Metabones. Now, does it really make a difference? Mm, not sure, because my testing indicates that the Metabones, at least in autofocusing, is an absolute utter failure. <laughs> <laughs> at least, yeah, at least on the A7S2. Right. It might it might be better on the A7R Mark II. Mm-hmm. The A7R Mark II is the high resolution. A version of the all the new A7 II series, so um, it has I think 45 or 44 megapixels. It's really a nice camera. It's about five. It's 3,500 dollars. It does 4K as well, but it does it only very well in the crop mode. It doesn't that do it that well in the full frame mode. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I, if I were more of a still shooter, I'd probably get that one compared to the A7S II. Um, it has almost as good light, low light performance, and it also has a, a better autofocusing technology in it. Called, um, it's got phase detection. I think it's PDAF for short, and it stands for phase detection autofocus. It's a new way of focusing, um, and what they do is they actually embed little extra um, sensors on the on the actual image sensor itself uh, in the. And they actually kind of intersperse those throughout the sensor, and it it's those little pixels or those little parts of the sensor are meant just for autofocusing. Um, whereas the uh, the old style 
of focusing is called contrast detection, and that's what the A7S II and pretty much all other cameras in existence use. Um, they 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 see they they basically are looking at whatever portion of the frame that you've decided to look at to see what the contrasts are between two different points. Like if you had a vertical line, the right is white and the left is black, it would say, oh, there's quite a bit of contrast between those two things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to make that contrast line as sharp as possible, like so there's mm-hmm. no blurriness. Mm-hmm. And that's how they basically focus. But And it's doing that, and there's some processing involved. It has to kind of figure out, is this true or not? The 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 success of that type of focusing really depends on the type of scene. Like mm-hmm. if it's kind of a grayish scene mm-hmm. with a little bit of detail, like there's not that much difference between the lights and the darks, it has a much harder time finding really what's in focus. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not intelligent. Your eye could say, oh, that's in focus or not, but it can't. Whereas a phase detection type of autofocus could actually tell better. Um, and in fact, that's what kind of sets apart the Canon, the new Canon cinema line from from pretty much all the other cameras out there is the Canons, even though they're video cameras, actually have these kind of phase detection um, pixels on the sensor. They call it dual pixel autofocus. And it works so much better than the than the Sony's and the other cameras. It works a lot better. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, from what I have seen, what we've talked about in the past and stuff like that, it seems like the Metabones works really, really well on the Micro Four Thirds uh, cameras. But maybe there might be a little bit of imperfection on some of the other mounts. Is that what you're kind of seeing right now? Just in my limited tests... Um you know, we just we tested the other day. I think, yeah, even on the air or right before, yeah, uh, where I tested my GH four, yes. with yeah, with speed boosters and other adapters, and it it focused really well. Um, so it focuses way better, in my opinion, than than the Met, than the Metabones on the Sony cam, camcorders. So, yeah, I think you might be right about that. It, it may just be because the Sony's are the lenses themselves are bigger. In this case, we're talking about full-frame lenses, right? Where the glass is heavier and everything's just heavier and bigger. It may be because the the adapters can't power it and power those motors as efficiently. Mm. Maybe they just don't have enough throughput. I don't know the. I don't really know the reasons behind it. I don't know why they're not as good. Maybe because they're more complicated. They make the protocols are more mysterious. Yeah, Metabones has no approval from any of these companies to do this. Right. Metabones is basically hacking these cameras. <laughs> right. Exactly. And and so they have no support from Canon or Sony. So they have to mis- figure out what the Canon what weird Canon things going on in their weird Canon lens which could be different for all different lenses. And and then what weird thing is going on in the bodies which are changing and Sony has like 3000 different bodies, right? Yeah. That all fit the E mount. So it's it's a it's kind of I guess it's a tall order to expect um, Metabones or any any adapter to do anything really well, and that the the focusing part is the most complicated thing because it's got to be almost like a real time thing with a lot of processing involved, right? And, and a lot of interpretation. So there could be a computing power limits in this teeny little adapter. It just may not have a powerful enough processor, and and if they did to keep the price down, and so 
I don't really know, but you no, know, that the processing thing doesn't make that much sense because the pan it's it's better on the Panasonics. Yeah. It, unless the Panasonic pro- protocol is just much simpler and easier to figure out. I don't really know. But all I know is that you're paying a lot of money for this Metabones and it's virtually useless. Yeah. Virtually useless on the <laughs> autofocus. Like it may occasionally autofocus correctly, right. but it's almost like throwing the dice. And do you want your focus to be you know, based on random chance. <laughs> right, right. You know, so at least at this point, I, I was trying to figure out all different kinds of modes and things. The oh, one, Another thing about the Metabones, it actually has two modes. It has the gr- green mode, and the green mode is, is the most kind of, well, theoretically useful mode. It's the mode where everything is powered on when it's needed, but when you don't need it, it's not powered on, such as the IS or the focusing. Um, the advanced mode actually um, is enabled by holding down a... The Metabones has a button on the adapter. Mm-hmm. You hold that down while you're putting the lens on, while everything's powered on, the camera, and the Metabones is powered on and attached. But the lens itself is not attached. Uh, while while it's just unattached, you hold down this button on the Metabones, and then you attach the lens. And then somehow the Metabones knows that it's in this advanced mode at that point. And that it does something different. Um, in my opinion, the only thing that it really does different is that it allows you to trigger a function in the Sony cameras called the manual focus assist. Mm-hmm. And you have this in your GH series too, I think. When you turn, when you're in manual focus mode and you turn the manual focus lens ring on the lens, it'll zoom in the uh, LCD or the EVF on the Sony. Right for for a little bit better fine focusing and and so right. forth. Right, and actually, I find that to be really, really useful. I find that to be well, since the autofocus doesn't work, it's kind of the only other way to really focus, right? Like, other than using an EVF or or using just a manual punch in uh, on the on the Sony, which actually is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I tested it out. It seems like surprisingly, um, uh, it doesn't. The the autofocus is is a failure on most Canon lenses I found, at least with the zoom lenses that I, that I tested with so far. I can't, I tested my new Canon 7200. It is kind of tries and then it settles on something and it's always a little bit off on that focus. So even when it says it's focused, it's not. (laughs) That's, that's (laughs) reliable. Yeah. The Sony has a little confirmation when you have press it, 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 it it does it. It tries to focus. And then when it thinks it's in focus, it has a green box. Mm Mm-hmm saying, okay, I've done. Well, the green box appears, but then when you, if you check it later by going into manual focus mode, it's always a little bit off. So you can't rely on that. So your images will always be a little out of focus if you use that. Hmm. So, you know, can't use that. Same thing for my Canon 24 to 105. Uh, in fact, that one sometimes doesn't even focus at all. It just hunts forever. Um, both both though, of those, though, do work with the advanced mode where you just get the mo- manual focus assist. So that, that's kind of useful. So I have to see if that even works on the Comlight. In fact, if you don't mind, I'd like to maybe try that out right, right now with the Comlight. Sure. On the air. Uh, I think that would be exciting for us to, to discover. Okay. So I'm going to take off my Metabones. So in review, what are the chances of you returning the Metabones? Um, well, I guess we're going to see right after this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my Comlight. Okay. Although, honestly, now that I th- the comlight seems to be unreliable, yes. I'm not so sure. 
I don't know. It's still, the jury's still a little bit out. I still have to test a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Another thing is the Metabone's uh, connection to the camera is really, really tight. And it that's almost, a good thing. It's a good thing, but it's a little, in my pin, just a little bit, a hair too tight. Like, oh, really? It almost really? feels okay. like you're going to break the mount. Oh, okay. Got so, it. So I know that some, I think the newest Sonys have metal mounts, but the uh, the older ones, I think, have may have plastic mounts. You might just need to be careful about that because it might... You might. Some people have complained that that they thought they were going to break them as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm putting on my calm light, which has no modes. It's very simple. <laughs> no, nothing to do. Another thing is, I kind of find that it's kind of kludgy to have to press this button to put it into advanced mode on the on the meta bones. Like yeah, that, should, that, that that seems to be something that you shouldn't have to do. No, it seems like there should be just a special switch that's not easily changed, right? You know, like a like a momentary push button, but something that's like on or off, and then that's it. Let's just add another button to the yeah. It just because sometimes you don't want to be in advanced mode, but then to, to take it out of that mode, you have to take your lens off and do this kind of unsafe thing. What if you're in a dust storm? Right. You know, another thing that Metabones recommends is to to fully engage and make sure the lens works properly. Have the have everything on, but then have the actual EF lens off, and then put it on. So that means you're exposing the sensor, you know, momentarily to exposure that you don't need to, hmm. dust and stuff. And I, I just find that I find that to be really kludgy as well. Like, can't they put some logic in there to say to know that they just need to power on the camera part of it first, and then engage all that stuff, and then power on the lens? Right. It just it seems kind of like a defect. Like why? Yeah, why I, I always find those things difficult to to use in real world when you have too many steps to to get to somewhere. Exactly, exactly. It, when your lens is actually on the camera, you don't want to have to take the lens off and put it back on to ensure that it's working. You want it to just work, right? You know, say you have this Metabones in one lens, one maybe zoom lens that's just an all purpose lens. You don't have to be reattaching this every time you're using it right pa- or powering it on that that part i don't really like and i've never found that to be an issue with the calm light um so anyway i'm using this with a 7200 the calm light and i'm just going to test out the autofocus here okay all right so i'm pointing at my siemens star um and I'm just, it's in autofocus mode i'm just going to do the half press yeah it's not working <laughs> it's not working it's not working <laughs> it's trying <laughs> it's trying, but it's always it's always settling on something that's a little out of focus. That's too bad. So I guess the seventy two hundred is just a problem lens. Let me let me try this with a different lens. I'm yeah. gonna try it with my favorite all purpose lens is the Canon twenty four to one oh five okay. lens. Yeah. That's that's a really common great lens. Okay, so I'm gonna turn this off. That's a little unfortunate. It's the first time I tested the calm light with this. And it failed miserably. At least in autofocus. Right. The other day I did it, I had it working just in manual focus, but that's, the, that's when the aperture started shifting on its own. Okay, so. I'll try it with the one, the uh, 24 to 105. Take the lens cap off, that's always important. And I'm going to zoom it in, because usually when you're zoomed in is the worst performance in these lenses. Oh, okay. Yeah, in this case, this one seemed to work well when it was zoomed all the way in. I'm just going to double check that with the punch in after it autofocuses it then i put it into manual mode and then punch it in yeah it's pretty 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 accurate on the 
uh, 24 to 105. So that works pretty well. Just on the 7200 doesn't work so well. So that's not necessarily a terrible thing. That that might not be a deal breaker, but it's kind of lame to have to kind of remember that kind of stuff though, too. Yeah. I think that yeah. can be I think that can be a little bit tricky. You know, yeah. when you're out in the field and you're just running around and stuff like that should all yeah. work pretty consistent consistently, but yeah. So that's the thing. That's the thing is to remember which ones you use and everything. And I'm just saying, I don't think I want to use these in autofocus mode. Yeah. You know, ever, which right. is a shame, but which means that I'm going to have to just get the, the manual, the manual focus mode on these EF lenses, which is a pain, but you know, that's what I used to do in the DSLR days. Right. Uh, have a lot more tools nowadays. Great punch in. Uh, manual focus assist, so that part's better. Have potentially better view, uh, EVS, EVFs like my new Zacudo Gradical, which is a fantastic EVF. If I want to add that extra bulk and complexity, so. But I did a few tests. Um, I found that the the Metabones works better on the non-Canon lenses, so it worked okay on the twenty Tamron twenty-four to seventy, and I just got it recently got a Sigma twenty-four to thirty-five art lens. And that one seemed to actually work well. Oh, you you did get an art lens? I got one just to see how what the big deal was on it. But I didn't want to get the EFS lens, which is the one that you are probably going to get. Um, I got the full frame uh, 24 to 35. It's an odd kind of zoom. It's not really a zoom lens because 24 to 35 is a pretty small range. Right. Yeah, that seems very small. <laughs> but it replaces a 24 and a 35, which are both very common lenses and it does it in a way where the, with a super sharp very high quality what is that f stop is that a constant it goes to f f2 it's a f2 yeah it's at f2 so that's still pretty fast not quite like an f1.4 um so maybe that leads into our next part of the discussion well let's see i'll get i'll get back to that later okay. to the different lenses that i've been testing okay but um I just kind of want to uh, finish out with focusing and just in general. Um, and I, we talked about the autofocus with the adapters doesn't work. Does autofocus work well with the, <laughs> does autofocus work well with, with the, the native Sony lenses? Mm -hmm. And so far I have, now I have three uh, native full frame lenses. I actually ordered a while back, I ordered the 24 to 70, which is their, it's kind of their F4, Zeiss 24 to 70 lens, mm -hmm. Sony Zeiss. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, Zeiss has a very good name. You know, like yes. Zeiss is a premium Correct. name. Oh, yeah. But I'm beginning to think it's a scam. <laughs> like, I'm beginning to think that Zeiss has just been paid by Sony to put their name on it so that they can seem like their lenses are better than they are. Yeah. Um, I think Zeiss makes amazing, super expensive, amazing lenses in a lot of cases. Not not to not to say Zeiss lenses are bad, right? But I don't think the Sony Zeiss lenses are any better than any other lens. I don't think having that Zeiss stamp on there is really doing anything for the lens. Yeah, they, in some ways, I kind of think it's very much like how, um, like you know, same thing happens in cars, right? Like uh, you know, there there's the the sport model, and it. In 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 some ways, you know, you 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 do pay for a little added performance, but it, sometimes those uh, those badges get so diluted 
that it can, it, it, in some ways, it doesn't really mean that much. In some ways, uh, you know, a new manufacturer, exciting new young manufacturer would come out and it might be just as good. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or putting, or having a stock model and then having a badge like with somebody's name on it, you know, like yeah. the Louis Vuitton model of the right. porch or something. <laughs> you know, it'll cost three times as much. Yeah. But basically, it's the same. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, th- I kind of think it w- it's like that. It's like the, this, the Zeiss is like the Tommy Hilfiger, right. Hilfiger of, whatever his name is right. <laughs> of the lens world <laughs> right, right. or whoever puts their name. Right. Um, who's another I was, one? Well, I wasn't going to name anything, but like, you know, Mercedes Benz, uh-huh. uh, ha- has a, has a tuner, uh, called AMG, right? Uh-huh. It's this, it, you know, it's this, you know, European performance auto tuner. And you put that badge on there and it increases your 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 sticker price by 20,000 bucks or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And even though it's really really great and it's really really fantastic, sometimes, you know, it gets so diluted that it's no longer any cooler to have that AMG badge on your on your Mercedes-Benz. In some ways, maybe it's like Zeiss, where there, you know, because now isn't Zeiss on uh, like the like they're promoted on like some point and shoot cameras? Oh, this exactly. is it's, it's a Zeiss lens on a you know my hundred and fifty dollar point and shoot underwater camera. Exactly. Yeah. Big deal, right? Yeah, big, big deal. deal. Yeah, big deal. So some marketing, you know, they probably have some marketing license with Zeiss to to uh, put their name on stuff and Zeiss gets, you know, $5 every time they put their name on something. Yeah. So great for them. Great for them, but not an indication of quality at this point. Right. That's, that's and, and that's a shame because you just don't know, you know, like with, with Canon, when they have their L, their L series lenses, you know, they're going to be pretty darn good. Right. They're going to be at the top of the game. Right. And I, I think other manufacturers have similar lab, labels, but not, not really for the Zeiss. Sure. Not for the Sony's eye stuff. Anyway, sure. that's my complaint about that. Because when I t- tested out the twenty four to seventy Zeiss, which you know it's it's not a super ambitious lens, it's only an F four. Um, I was not impressed. Yeah. I, I was I was kind of disappointed in the quality. I didn't think it was super sharp. Maybe it's my copy, which is always a possibility. But um I didn't you know, it's certainly I thought the image quality and sharpness was way lower than my my Tamron um, twenty-four to seven, two point eight. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and 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 your Sony and your Sony Zeiss lens probably cost you a couple hundred bucks more. Um, luckily, I got it. Um, another refurb one. I'm oh, trying to good. get refurb or used for all these, and sure. just because they're so expensive. And um, and uh, yeah, it's it is. I think the list price is exactly the same. I think they're both fifteen or something like that. Right. Um, I think I got my. My uh, twenty four to seventy for something like eight fifty refurb, so it's not a terrible deal. But for a thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollar lens that's not that ambitious as far as fast, I was not impressed. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it. Um, I also got, and I haven't. I did some test shots yesterday, but I haven't really evaluated them by looking at them on a screen. Uh, I got the Sony FE twenty four to two hundred. Okay, and that that sounds like a super ambitious zoom range, you know. That's that's like a general purpose. Usually less, exp- usually those are less expensive lenses potentially. Um, but that one's like a nine hundred thousand dollar lens. 
but it has a super long zoom range, 24 to 200. So I get everything, the zoom range, at least what the 24 to 70 has, plus I get an extra 130 millimeters. Right. Um, it's quite a bit bigger and heavier. You know, it's, of course, you'd, you'd expect that. Did some tests yesterday. It was, at least in operationally, it was pretty good. And I've heard reports that it's actually just as good, which is strange. So if it's just as good as the 24 to 70, I might just keep that and return the 24 to 70. So, um, and then I, of course, have my old kit lens, which is the 28 to 70. That's the one I got for 300 bucks. That one's the smallest and lightest. And honestly, I felt like the images were about the same as the 24 to 70. Well, that's good. Yeah. So I, I haven't, I haven't done super exhaustive tests with this, but just, this is just me look filming something, a really good test of a lens, in my opinion, is when you film something that has a lot of detail in it. Um, uh, for example, like a forest. A forest is a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty good test of the lens because there's a super amount of detail. It's all cluttered, and when you're moving, do you see definition? Do you see? Does it look good to you, or does it just look like mush? And I felt like both those twenty-four to 70s and the 28 to 70s were kind of mushy right so uh you know will this 24 to 200 because i just filmed yesterday in that same environment will this 24 to 200 look okay or not not sure but when i put the uh my my rokinon primes for example my rokinon 24 uh on there or my rokinon 14 on there i found that they were super super nice like oh, you could nice. just instantly tell the difference. Right. Those are prime lenses, but and manual lenses, but um, don't have all the bells and whistles. But just nice lenses. I felt like the 14 was actually a little bit strangely a little bit better than the 24. Um, the 24 is actually a, a pretty fast lens. It's a 1.4. The the 14 millimeter is a 3.1. So um, don't get as better as good low light performance with the 14. But it seems like the images are slightly even slightly sharper. So, so at this point, especially with the 4K, I'm going for sharpness. And, and the reason for that is your lens has to be super, super sharp to, to do that punch in in post. If you don't have a sharp lens, then when you punch in, it's fuzzy. <laughs> it's soft. So have you had a chance to actually implement this technique on a project yet? Um, yeah, I just, uh, in fact, today, I just came back from a session. It was... Not a super important uh, session uh, because there's going to be a lot of them, and and I I, I treated this one as a kind of a practice uh, for myself. Um, so sometimes, you know, I just use these real recording situations uh, to test my gear out. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. sure. Especially if if it's not a super professional paying customer corporate thing where they're just expecting you to go in and shoot something perfect and leave. So this is a little bit more casual. It's actually, um, it, it's a project that I'm doing with UCSF, UC San Francisco. And um, I'm actually, maybe I'll talk about this a little bit more in detail later, but I'm this year's um, visiting Hellman artist at UCSF. Excellent. And, yeah. So I'm actually, and I, so I was awarded this thing and I have about a year, actually the year is almost up. Um, and in March, I'll be producing a film based on, about a year of filming at UCSF and it's the memory and aging center there. And, uh, it's an amazing center where they're researching and treating all kinds of, uh, mostly aging brain 
disorders like dementia. Sure. Um, but anyway, one of the previous helmet artists is a pretty semi-famous um, violinist, fiddle player, country bluegrass um, player n- named Heidi Clare. So she was the helmet artist uh, like three or four years ago, I think. One of the first ones, I think. Um, anyway, she has started a podcast, and she actually interviews with the kind of the theme of memory and aging and brain health. She kind of interviews uh, famous musicians kind of in her genre, like right. country country rock, um, bluegrass stuff. And uh, actually, today's was uh, was uh, Country Joe from Country Joe and the Fish from 60s fame. So, which well, I didn't even world know. World-renowned artist. Yeah, I mean, you know that name yeah. from the 60s. They had a few famous songs. Actually pretty famous. Yeah, pretty famous. And yeah. the guy, you know, the guy's a normal guy. He's really funny. And I, I honestly did not know who, who who I was filming when I start, when I went in. And uh, and I got I didn't get there super super early to set up. I kind of got there about fifteen minutes before they started recordings. And I knew and and I and I did that on purpose, kind of because I I wanted this to be a pretty casual session where I was just testing things out. Um, what I kind of forgot about was the it was my first time recording these podcasts. Was that it's it's like a recording session. Oh yeah. So I after I got in there and had some of my gear outside, uh, I brought in what I thought was necessary. I should have just brought all my stuff into the room so I could kind of add stuff if I needed to, but I didn't. It was just outside this door, and I couldn't interrupt the session to go, excuse me, folks, I forgot uh, some gear a little... Uh, <laughs> Let me slam the door behind co- me. A couple gadgets out here. Just give me, give me a minute here. No, I, that wasn't going to work. So I had to just work with what I had. Right. But um, But one of the things I did was I was trying this theory of shooting 4K, but shooting wider than normal with a super sharp wide lens mm. uh, and wide on a full frame camera is, is not is, is is not that wide in millimeters like 24 millimeters is is pretty wide yes. when you're shooting full frame yes uh, whereas if you're shooting APS-C or even micro four thirds 24 is not that wide correct so um, but in this case I was shooting with the eight, my new S- A7S uh, 2 and I was shooting 4K and uh, so I brought along I, I actually brought a few um, kind of 24-ish lenses that I got recently, and I'm kind of trying to evaluate them. Um, and but I only I only actually shot today. I only shot with the the new Sigma Art 24 to 35, and that's a fairly new lens. I love those Sigma Art lenses. Yeah, I they're they're so. I mean, nowadays, and I think we talked about this on a, on a previous episode that Sigma Art lenses match with the GH four is supposed to be really incredible. Uh, of course, when I say that, I mean with a Metabones speed booster too. But uh, it's supposed to be really incredible. But you're doing it on uh, on your Sony, correct? Uh, so some of the art lenses um, are APS-C crop lenses. Like the one that you like a lot, I believe that the, I'm pretty sure that that's a crop lens. I believe um, so. Yeah, um, but they have a they have some of the other uh, other line are full frame lenses, and so I got the 24 to 35. And it's kind of weird because that's it's a zoom lens, but it's not a very wide range of zoom. Mm-hmm. It's probably the the narrowest zoom like in history, really. Yeah. Uh, us- usually you'll get the that range maybe in the, in the in the really 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 super wide like 11 to 16 or something like that. Like Tamron has a really f- not Tamron. Um, Tokina has a really famous 11 to 16, which I actually have. Um, that actually is also a crop lens, but you can use it in full frame if and some of the focal lengths, like 16 or 17. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, vignette. Anyway, 
getting back to this art lens, um, yeah, I, I tried it. It's pretty big and solid and heavy. You know, it's like I also got got for evaluation the Canon. Uh, it's the really famous 1.4L uh, Mark II. Okay. They, they came out pretty recent. I think it was pretty recently they came out with it. That's supposed to be like this the like one of the best 24s in history according to the ratings and measurements. Oh wow. Um so I got that and then I got this other one which is a pretty intriguing one. It's the Canon 2.8 uh L with image stabilization. Mm. So it's Ooh. it's yeah, it's actually one of the few uh wide uh full frame lenses with image stabilization built in because wow. yeah usually they only put those in zooms so i got that and it's also super small it's super small and light and i was very intrigued about trying that one out as well and apparently it's almost as sharp as the famous uh 1.4 so um but i also was very intrigued by the art so i brought that and i put that onto the sony and uh and one of the things i kind of didn't realize i mean i should have thought about it before and that's why i i treat this casually because i learn a lot from these kind of casual almost test sessions for myself correct like like what to do next time sure um so this is a, it's a podcast so it's a recording session you know it's like going into a recording studio kind of yeah <laughs> just like just like our little uh, uh <laughs> little side show here at uh, tech yeah, move yeah pretty much so you know if somebody was filming us and we're recording, you know, you don't want to be them to be like clicking parts on and that's right. <laughs> snapping their, their camera onto oh, their boy, tripod. Would, would, would I fire them on the spot? <laughs> they wouldn't last a second with me. I know. It'd be like, you out of here. Get out. Too much, too much noise. Get out. You're too you. distracting. This leave is me, art. Leave me my hot chocolate and get out. <laughs> We're doing art here. That's We need silence. That's what it is. It's art. Get out. It's like, we're doing tech move. I've heard of tech move. So, yeah. So, I mean, I kind of obviously realized that there were there were like three mics or two mics, you know, and and it's not. I'm right there. I'm like two feet away from these people with my camera, right? So. <laughs> and going, let me get that exposure just right here. Yeah, and even, and I think I think my sensitivity was magnified because I was actually listening to my camera's audio. Uh, on it with its mic that was on it um, right. plugged in and and so I was hearing all the noises that I was making super magnified <laughs> you know <laughs> so I was like no click no click snap no so uh, yeah so it was kind of like a it was like an exercise in uh, tippy toeing and <laughs> gently doing things you know snapping things on without making them make noise you know by by clicking them in but holding them so they don't snap right like quick releases and things well <laughs> i guess I, I guess it depends on what whatever mics they're using if they're using you know directional mics then probably wouldn't matter right but um well i guess i don't know how picky these people are because right um it the thing is is even if you're using a directional mic if i'm two feet away and i'm clicking you're right. still gonna hear it it's I guess it depends on what you're clicking. If you you know, if if you're like unzipping a a a bag, you know maybe it won't be so bad. But if you're clanging your your two soup cans that you've brought for lunch, eh, that might pick up. <laughs> yeah, I think it was something like that. Right. <laughs> so um, yeah, 
<laughs> Way to be subtle, Keith. Way to be subtle. But I tried, and actually later the guy that was recording the audio, who's a really nice person, he actually said, I, I, you were really stealthy. I didn't even know. I said I was really afraid of I was making sounds and too much sound and noise. He said, no, you were super stealthy. So that was nice. Very good. Yeah. I good. actually kind of pride myself on being pretty stealthy, pretty unobtrusive. Yes. I mean, that's how I get a lot of good stuff because people start forgetting that I'm there. Right. Even though I'm like right in front of their face with the camera, which yes. is odd. Yes. But there's some, I can put some, there's some kind of, I don't know, some kind of thing that you can, some feeling or something you can put out that makes you kind of invisible after a while. It's weird. Right. It's a weird thing that, it's kind of like um, Harry Potter's, it was a Harry Potter's cloak or was it, was it the Hobbit's cloak or maybe it was both of them? Maybe it was they both. They both had cloak that ma- cloaks that made them invisible. Uh, well, uh, I think it also helps that you wear your ninjutsu <laughs> outfit and, uh, you know, not, a w- assassin by night. <laughs> So not not distracting at all. No, who's that ninja assassin with the <laughs> who's, camera? Who's that guy hanging off the ceiling? <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah. Anyway, so I got a chance to test it out, and um, and also just kind of test out the meta bones that I was, um, you know, realizing that the autofocus was just useless on it. Right. Turns out, actually, with the third party lenses, the autofocus is not completely useless it's a little quite it's quite a bit more reliable on for some reason tamrons and sigmas than the canon lenses oh really odd yeah it seems like it actually focuses yeah it's it is pretty weird it focuses like 90 percent of the time pretty well with those and and with canon lenses it's just off maybe because you know the people that own metabones can't afford to buy canon lenses to test them right so they only have these El Cheapo right. Camerons and Sigmas. Correct. I, I I'd be like don't. me. <laughs> I'd be like how, how I would do it. Or maybe it's because Tamara and Sigma are more, because they have to be a little bit, they're they're also copying Canon in a way, right? Their, right. their protocols and stuff are copying Canon. They're a third-party company that probably doesn't have Canon's endorsement to make lenses for their cameras, right? Right. So they, they probably are much, they, they probably don't know all the things that you can get away with that Canon has all this inside information and how to work with their bodies. So they may have a more standard way to transmit protocols and things. And maybe it's more well-known. Maybe they even publish it. Maybe that's how Metabones is, is working better with those. There's lots of reasons why. That, I was just thinking, why would they be better? But maybe that's it. You know, Maybe they're just using more ordinary, standard, less workaround ways of communicating the, the focusing stuff. So does that mean that you will be keeping the meta bones? Uh, jury's still out. There's, I'm, I'm just is, not sure. I, I guess is ninety percent of the time autofocusing with the third party lenses enough to have you keep this? How much is it again? It's pretty expensive, right? It's four hundred dollars. Yeah. So is yeah. is is four hundred dollars with a ninety percent work rate with third party lenses? You know what? What, what is your feeling on that at this moment jury's still out i'm gonna have to just test it a little bit more to see if it really gives me anything more than than maybe more reliability i i also found that the so there's this advanced mode mm-hmm. which is kind of cool and although activating it is a pain you have to i found you could just loosen the lens a little bit just kind of unscrew it slightly but not take it off the the whole thing mm-hmm. to and then and then you push down on the little button on the meta bones and then that engages advanced mode. And you can actually set the advanced mode permanently. Like, if you always want to be in advanced mode, then then there's a couple, there's some kind of sequence to do it and keep it. It, like, tells the metabones, okay, now when you restart, just start in advanced mode. Hmm. Um, the only problem is, at least so far, I've found that 
the advanced mode basically all it really does is it allows you when you're manually focusing to transmit the fact that you're manually focusing to the camera so the camera's own manual focus assist which it blows up a certain part of the screen mm -hmm. and actually i think it on the a7s it just magnifies everything uh, quite a bit so there's this manual focus assist on the sony a7s and so basically by turning the manual focus ring when you have the lens in a third party lens in manual focus mode with the switch it will actually engage this magnification which is pretty cool because then you don't have to press anything you're already focus focusing and then you just kind of fine-tune it the problem is it just doesn't work when you're actually recording video it doesn't work it while doesn't, recording. Yeah, it doesn't engage the... When you turn the focus ring... I think that's the same thing with with my GH1. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, well, actually, I, I, think I don't so. think your GH... Well, no, I don't think your GH... So that's the, the difference is, is that the, all the Panasonic's GHs, yes. they, don't, they don't do any kind of zoom-in focus assist at all when you're recording. Correct. That's yeah. correct. It, it's, yeah. it's only when you're getting the shot ready. Right, before you actually press record. Correct. That yeah. is correct. Yeah, on the Sony's though, surprisingly, they actually do support uh, punch in, zoom, focus assist, manually with the button. That's really good. Yeah, and that actually is pretty useful. I use using that all the time today. But the problem is, is that that kind of um, automatic manual focus assist where you're turning the 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 focus ring mm -hmm. on the lens mm -hmm. that doesn't trigger it when you're recording. It's lame. Hmm. It's lame because why you know if you have this button to do it, why not have it also engaged by the by the focus ring? Right, correct. Yeah. So that was so in a way, even though the Metabones has that and the other ones, the other adapters don't, it's not useful because mm. you can't really use it while you're recording. Right. Wow. I mean, you that's the thing that you need while you're recording because you because you don't you want to be pressing and jostling the camera as little as possible while you're while you're recording and trying to get better focus. Correct. Instead of reaching up or pre pressing a, um, um, the, the punch-in button, whatever one you've assigned. So I think part of it, too, is the, one, the button that I've assigned is a little hard to reach. The, the button on the actual camera is, is the kind of default focus. It has a little plus with a magnifying glass on it. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. the default button for that. It's a little in the wrong area for, for seamless vibration-free operation. I think I might change it to one of the buttons on top or maybe the big button in the middle. Mm -hmm. Something that's a little bit easier to access. Right. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and change, yeah, just change one of those function buttons and... Yeah. But anyway, just looking... I could kind of tell through looking through this camera, and I did a couple tests comparing it to some of the other 24s, like mm -hmm. I just compared it to the Canon and, and the, the two Canons. And I really liked it. I really liked the look of it. I really liked the sharpness of it. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I didn't like was the heaviness of it and the bigness of it. It's pretty big. It's pretty big and heavy. Oh, really? Yeah. In fact, I can probably weigh it here compared to my other ones with my little scale. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Taking it off my camera now. Okay. Yeah. This is without the the metabones on it. Just the, Okay. It's, it's just the lens itself. Just the lens itself. Okay. And maybe I'll put a little cap on the back to protect it. It's a nice, nice... It's a really nice looking lens, though. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I'll keep it, but it's only I think it's only nine hundred dollars now. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I think they're running like a special. <laughs> what what a special! <laughs> so let's see how much this one weighs. It weighs two pounds three three two pounds four ounces basically. Hmm. So not light, not, not light, not light. 
Not a little, light. Me- little meat on it. I'd little say. meat. Um, and let's see. I have. An, I brought another lens, and th- just to conversely give you another example of a different lens that I brought that I didn't use, which was the Canon 2.8. And I'm really intrigued about this one. I'm definitely going to do some tests because this is a nice portable one. This this is a lot. It's a lot shorter. It's about half. It's literally about half the length and diameter of the mm. other lens. Mm-hmm. It's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is about ten ounces. Oh, quite yes. a bit lighter. Yes, yeah, so it's about the about a third, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's half the size and a third the weight. So that that's that could be a good one. It's not that expensive. That one's only five or six. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, and it's got the built-in IS, so there's some advantages. So I'm going to test it out. I checked. I checked it out. It was pretty sharp. It wasn't s- as super sharp as the other two, but it was pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. And then the other lens that I'm considering. Let me see if I can find it here. A lot of boxes of lenses and stuff here. <laughs> the virtual oh. warehouse at the Moreau house. This is the Canon 24 millimeter f 1.4. L2. So this is the second version of this lens. So I guess it's an update. So let's see how heavy this one is. Still pretty heavy, this one. So this is one pound, nine ounces. Those Canon lenses are pretty heavy. They're pretty heavy. They're pretty hefty. They're really really well made. So 1.9 ounces versus 2.4 ounces. So, yeah. The Tamron's still... A little bit heavier. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to test them out. Good. Um, yeah. So uh, jury's still out because I still have to look at the footage and, and how it worked there. But um, yeah, so we'll see. Well, we'll see that'll be, that'll, I, I, you know, it's going to be good now that you have these things. Now you can almost A-B them, right? A-B test and see, right. you know, while you still got them in your hands and uh, do them all at once. Yeah. I I'll guess while I'm... T- I guess while I'm talking about this, I'll also talk about um, some rigs and stuff that I kind of got. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think I showed you a picture of that one rig. Yes, which I liked very much, and I and I did want to ask you about it. Yeah. So that is the Veravon um, A7S. Well, it's actually an A7 II. Any it fits any of the A7 IIs because they're all the same four factor. Mm-hmm. So it's the A7 II cage, and it's the newest version of it. And I have I have an older version for the A7S, and I never really used it, to be honest with you, on, on the A7S, the old version. Right. This one I see using a little bit more, um, mainly because I might be using the A7S II just for more stuff. Um, the well, other one... I like it because it doesn't seem to be this traditional cage rig, you know, big big thing it 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 looks it's like it's almost a you know like a safety case for 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 the camera itself yeah it's actually the thing about most of the veravon case uh, cages is that they seem to be really form fitting yeah like they just kind of encircle the the camera which is nice it's not adding this extra bulk or heft to it and it looks like you could you could probably clip on like tons of things on uh, on this rig. Yeah, you can. And then it's I think it's got a built-in cable clamp. It mm-hmm. comes with it. I, I didn't put it on today. Um I was just using the uh, the Sony 
um, XLR adapter that goes into the hot sheet. There's a couple of things that are kind of, I don't think that well designed with this. Um, for example, you know that um, smart hot shoe the Sony has that it yep. has a breakout box and it goes to my XLR adapter yep. from Sony. Yep. The the main handle doesn't really fit very well. It, the main handle when it's attached optimally to uh, the main handle of the Veravon when it's attached optimally blocks putting this thing on. Blocks putting the hot shoe breakout box on because hmm. it's just basically right in front of the hot shoe, which I thought was a bad decision. So I have mm-hmm. to have it almost almost on the edge of the this plate, um, so it's almost not even connected as as solidly as it should, just hmm. to get it to clear. So that was one thing that was a little annoying. Uh, another thing is that it's really close to the body, so my new um, Sinezy button that allows me to record, which I got for, I also got the new version for the A7S2, that also is almost being crushed by the edge of the the cage. <laughs> like like it wasn't fitting at first and I just kind of forced it. Oh. I think it just deformed the plastic and pushed it in. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, it just kept pressing record when I did that. Oh wow. So I had to physically kind of bend the plastic out so that it w- the button wasn't just pushing down all the time. Yeah. And and actually this isn't easy for some reason. Um I'm finding it's kind of in the way now. I'm finding I'm I'm actually accidentally turning off the record a lot when I lift the camera up. Oh really? Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm I'm thinking maybe I'm gonna figure out some other solution. It's just a little bit too exposed. Yeah. And too sensitive. It's like it's and now it's like a feather touch rather than more of a definite click. So it's it's too easy to to engage. So. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, but but it's a great looking rig though. I I, I yeah. like it because it is not that usual look you know with the bicycle handlebars on yep. them and and i mean i'm sure you could add stuff like that if you wanted to but uh you know but this is a very clean it looks almost like legos like you built a, a a lego set around your a7s2 which is very nice i like that very much there's some things that you just put on and you try out and you could just kind of like them and i actually did like this Immediately when I put it on, it's called it's the Veravon Zeus. Veravon Zeus. Yeah, it's the Veravon Zeus, and okay. the Zeus is the king of the the Greek gods, I think, or maybe the Roman gods. I think it's Greek. Greek, yeah, yeah. He's he's like Jupiter, right? When did they call it? Of Jupiter? course, I put. Of course, when I Google <laughs> it, and it comes up with Verizon Zeus. <laughs> okay, so a couple things that I noticed when I first put it on, it's um. It's really tightly and form-fitting. Uh, it's got an interesting cable clamp uh, system. Instead of putting the cable clamps right near the where the cables come out, it actually has these uh, this thing that you screw into one of the quarter 20s, and then you can kind of run the cable through it and then clamp it down that way, mm. which I think is actually a pretty good idea. I haven't seen that solution for clamps before. Usually they clamp it right at the, right at the point where they exit, and that's actually kind of problematic because the cables themselves the little ends of the cables are always shaped differently and, right and the clamps don't always work i always found that to be so i thought that was kind of a good solution i haven't tried that yet because i haven't plugged anything into there really um and then it's got a bunch it's got a couple several hot shoes on it the handle's pretty cool the handle is pretty uh easily configurable to different uh settings i actually had it facing backward before because i think that's the normal configuration 
and it was hitting my eye. Basically, I couldn't put my eye up to the eye cup. So, <laughs> <laughs> either that without puncturing your head, right? Exactly. I yes. tried that first. I was like, ow, what's that? Oh, that's right. the handle. <laughs> so I reversed it, and you know, of course, I did all this like 15 minutes before I left for this podcast shoot. Great. And uh, but uh, a couple things I noticed was that the the handle they have this little wooden grip thing that goes over the existing grip which is it's odd because i it almost seems like it's unfinished like it's got like splintery made out of splintery wood (laughs) (laughs) it's actually not you you know i I see that (laughs) i I see that thing here but i was i was remarking on how sharp you know maybe they were trying to 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 stay with the sharpness of the a7s yeah because it's got some pretty sharp surfaces to it which i was kind of surprised with like, it, it, you know, it really does look like a uh, like a utility knife. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, it lo- you know, it's of that same kind of uh, you know brushed aluminum kind of look to it, and yeah, it actually looks l- like cool. like your camera would never be freed from this. <laughs> it would no. be held prisoner in this in this rig no, forever. Good, good luck getting it out. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid to get it out, but it's <laughs> yeah. It actually was pretty easy to get in and out. the uh, The last one was a little bit harder. Last one was even tighter, so uh, yeah. And it, when I'm holding it, it's got a lot of. I wish they had rounded some of the edges a little more. Right. When I'm holding it just with one hand, so if I hold it with the kind of sharp wooden grip, the edges of the grip are digging into me, which is good and bad. It's good they're digging in because I won't drop it, probably, unless just from pain I drop it. And <laughs> and the back edge where your the the kind of ball of your palm is, your thumb side. It's kind of digging into my, into my palm, a little bit. That that's awesome. That's yeah, a good feeling. That, that feels good. It's kind of. I think it's hitting an acupressure point right now, so <laughs> I don't. I don't feel quite as bad as I should. I'm not. I think that's why. So uh, we we will need to edit that out because I was getting a phone call here at oh, the okay. house. So I I did. So see, you didn't even know I was on mute. No, I didn't know because you was, weren't laughing. I was making a bunch of really funny. Jokes I, I know, and, and they were terrific too. They, they were <laughs> terrific. Like, I'm sorry. Was, you, you know what? You'll have to put in a laugh track. A lot like, of editing. Like, a lot of editing. Like, like a like a whole studio audience laugh track. Right. right, right. <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> just just do just do like an Oakland Coliseum roar or something like that. Oh man. <laughs> I, I I forgot to pull out the telephone cord out of my <laughs> out of my stupid phone. Uh yeah, so not sure about hand holding um but but I like the rig. I think it's good if you want to add stuff. I'm I'm really intrigued. Um I brought my actually I I I got I did get an Axis Mini in the in the, from Amazon recently, and I just got it, and I was going to try it out at this gig, but since I couldn't make any noise, <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> good, th- good thing you didn't uh, uh, unravel it with all the bubble wrap <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, I, and it's kind of cool. Well, the the Verivon rig has a little um, a little fifteen inch a uh, fifteen millimeter um, clamp. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just try it right now. You know, another thing that I'm finding not crazy about with this Veravon is the the little um, levers that clamp things down are are really teeny on the on the Veravon. Yeah, they're really teeny and don't give you that a lot of leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, although they they are those kind where you can kind of pull them out and re re, re restart them. So, did you buy the premium cage or the standard cage? I honestly don't know. It was like three hundred dollars or something. It's really expensive. 
Uh, yeah. Well, they have two here for three thirty nine or three ninety nine. Um, I don't think it was three ninety nine. Okay, so maybe you bought the standard. I guess that's the one with the with the handle. What would be at the hot shoe position? That's poking you in the head. Yes. What was? What's the deluxe one? The deluxe one is more of the left and right uh, bicycle handle. Oh yeah, I didn't want to get that. That was too big. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, I, I I like I like the one the standard one that you bought better. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm putting better. on this um this rig for the eyepiece for the EVF. Now this is now this is the uh, access right the yeah. mini uh, the access mini access mini that I'm that I was trying to turn from Zakudo I from believe from Zakudo yeah and I, yes. oh by the way I did uh, contact the guy about my access mini mod- access modification yes to make it like a mini and he, they did find out that they sent sent me didn't didn't send some parts oh, so they're going to send good. Me another and oh, oh, and good. I and also another great thing just wonderful thing that you know happens all the time to me uh they just announced uh, a price drop for the holidays <laughs> so basically the price is exactly what i paid for my my demo one <laughs> now <So. laughs> and, and, and and the new price will uh of course have all the things that you need on it pretty much oh they have a gift bag they had a goodie bag plus, <laughs> plus you know so they the people if they had waited a week would have gotten i would have gotten way more <laughs> than I got, but uh, <laughs> that sounds like my buying structure. There. It's pretty much, but I did, I did, um, and I have to give props to this. Um, his name is Matt Matthew Mazzoni, I think, at Zakudo. Okay. Um, thank you, Matt. Thanks a lot, Matt. And he was, he's been really nice. I mean, he was, it was like no, no problem. And he actually is sending me a, one of the gift bags. Oh, very Because nice. I mentioned it to him. I said, you know, my luck is, you know, this thing is, the new thing is going for the same price. I got the demo thing. And, right. And you're getting a gift bag. And it has, I think it's got an extra battery, maybe a battery charger and a cable, an Ooh. HDMI cable. Sure. So it's like worth 30 bucks probably. Of course. Yeah. So why not? That's That was nice. That was, they're, nice. they're pretty good. Okay. So I'm trying the Axis with my, with my rig and it's, I don't know. It's not great. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's, it's quite off balance and we're gonna have to figure out how to get this to work <laughs> You're, you've been doing too much frankensteining i've been doing too much yeah yeah it's too much it's too many different pieces <laughs> trying to fit together but too was, many uh, square pegs and round holes i think if i put the handle on the other side of the smart hot shoe mm-hmm. it's a little bit too far to the left right now and i have a choice to do that so i think i'll just do that because the the, the uh, evf is way too far to the left Hmm. I need it more like in the middle. I could probably just reverse it and put it on the other side. Maybe that's what I'll do. Anyway, I just this was the first time I'd ever put it on. I was, you know, I'm really glad I didn't do this during the yeah. <laughs> during the recording today. Well, I, I, <laughs> well, I, you know, it, it, it's it's great when you can discover some of these things uh, ten to fifteen minutes prior to a paying <laughs> job. So. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is your lesson for today: is do not follow our footsteps here. Good this is how I roll. This is what we do here. This is very what we good. Do. By the seat of our pants. It makes very life good. exciting. Very, very, very good. Well, yeah. that's the uh that's the Zeus Mini. Uh what else is there? Uh it's the uh the uh the Veravon uh yeah, that's the I'm that's sorry, that's the Veravon <laughs> Zeus and then the Access Mini from uh Zakudo. Correct. 
Oh, that's a mouthful. That's I'll tell you that. A much. lot of stuff. A lot that's of, a lot lot of stuff. gadgets. A lot of gadgets. A lot of and, money uh, here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, a lot of it's going to be returned. And <laughs> a lot of returns, a lot of uh, things cluttering up the house, which is Pretty fantastic. Much. Yeah. My office is just a bunch of boxes. Very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Keith, thank you very much for that. You're welcome, uh, Rod. Let's do this. Let's uh, let's uh, take a break and reset the jets here. Okay. And we will come back and discuss a few more things uh, as long as you're up for it. I, yep. I, I sure am. I am definitely up for it. Fantastic. Okay. Let's take a quick break and we will come right back with more of this, which is known as Tech Move. All right, folks, it's Tech Move with uh, Rod and Keith, and uh, we just want to talk about a couple other new things that uh, Keith has come across here. Keith, you got a new video card, I believe, that you'd like to talk about. I did. I, I got a new video card. I The last one I got, I think, was a couple, maybe, whoa. Was, was that your rig falling off the- no, that was uh, one of my lenses. Oh, good. It's okay. It's okay. It's, 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 it fell on the carpet. Oh, good. Yeah. You heard it here live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you heard it here live. That's what happens when you have 15 lenses right behind you. On a well, see, when you have shelf. them all lined up like little soldiers, I told you, <laughs> using them like your little trophy case. That one's going back to Amazon. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> that or Rod Louie as his gift. Yeah. So a few, I think it was like two, maybe three years ago, I got um, my new my new Mac Pro, and then I got a really fast uh, video card for it. Right. Well, I think we, we talked about that on one of our very early episodes. Yeah. So since then, there have been several releases of new NVIDIA cards, and they have a new card, uh, which is called the um, GTX 980Ti. Excellent. Yeah. And it's basically, supposedly, about twice as fast as the current card I have. Now, let me... Uh uh make note of one thing this is for your mac pro not the garbage can or funnel mac pro no this is for the <laughs> the 2012 mac pro thank you yeah thank you. i just want to make the, sure that we're clear on that the gigantic tower mac pro that i have pretty much souped up as much as i possibly can but there was an opening for even more potential modification and speed which so is I fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I took fantastic. it. So yeah. So I, I contacted my friend from MacVid Cards. Uh, I think his name's Chris, and he was pretty nice. He's very knowledgeable. He's the guy that he takes the card and he flashes it with the special Mac compatible stuff mm-hmm. to make it a little bit nicer, more friendly for Macs. Mm. Um, and uh, what? Why are these? Are these video cards originally for PCs or something? Yeah, they actually are. Ah. Yeah, they don't make... They, an NVIDIA only makes a couple for Macs. And, okay. And they're all slow. Right. So... <laughs> and, and it kind of makes sense because, I mean, Apple's not even making Macs that you can put these cards in anymore. So, right. Right. Um, yeah, so... But but he didn't have any in stock. I guess he just buys a few and then he sells them and buys a few more and sells them. So, so he's essentially hacking these PC cards to work on Macs. Yeah, yeah. He's Excellent. rewriting the firmware. I love him. 
yeah, he's. I think he's adding something to the firmware. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you can go back to the way it was or not. I've never asked. Like I never, doubt it. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, yeah. so but he does also have a service. So if you already have a card, you can just send it to him, and then he does it. So I actually just I bought it at Amazon and had them send it to him. Oh, okay. So and he did it in a couple of days and sent it to me. And uh, so I just have it in a box here. Um, the problem is, is that putting this card in is going to involve a lot of other background stuff that I have to do too to my Mac. Um, because right now I'm on 10.9. Yes. My current Mac and it needs to be 10.10 to support this card. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so you're going to have to go to El Capitan. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go to, well, oh. not El Capitan. Um, cause El Capitan's 10.11, right? Is it? Yeah. I think it's Yosemite. What am I on now? I thought you were already on that. I'm on. I think I'm on Yosemite on my other Mac. Mm-hmm. So ten. I'm getting confused. I'm on. T- anyway, I'm ten nine five. Whatever that is. You're so. you're on Mavericks still. Yeah, Mavericks. I'm gonna have to go to Yosemite. You have to go to Yosemite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's getting okay. confusing, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's too much. What am what? I on? Oh, I'm on ten ten. Huh. I'm actually on Yosemite. Right <laughs> on now. Yosemite. That's Give what I card. thought. Yeah. Give me your card, even though I couldn't put it in. <laughs> You'd have to shave off something. And uh, I'll, 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 have, I'll, I'll have wires dangling out the CD-ROM <laughs> slot. Just take your Dremel and right. cut a little That's hole right. in the top Who of cares it. Cares about neatness and sleekness. Okay, come uh, on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 excited and yet I'm scared about doing this. <laughs> yeah, upgrade. because like, well, yes, because the. Weren't you and I talking? We might have been talking offline about this. Is that you're scared because, like, for instance, your uh, creative cloud, who knows what's going to happen to all your projects, right? Uh, whether or not Yosemite is right. incompatible with right. all my software, I'm <laughs> right. hoping not. I'm, but I'm that, hoping. But, but that's always a looming possibility. Isn't that correct? It's a possibility, although I feel okay about it because it's been a year since Yosemite's come out. Oh, yeah. Over a year. So I figured yeah. that the, the at least the software I'm using now is compatible with Yosemite. Right. I'm, I'm praying for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm praying that, well, that Adobe stuff is compatible with Yosemite. Well, uh, and remember, let, let, let's not talk too deeply about this, but remember my problems with, uh, with Adobe products. And uh, now I'm on Yosemite. So, you know, so if that's any indicator. But the good thing about you is that, you know, you're, you're all in Creative Cloud. So. I'm in Creative Cloud. I'm, I'm, I have ability to download the, the latest buggy software from right. Adobe. <laughs> right. But, so, but I, can, anyway. I can still look. I think I could still load the, the 2014 version. I think yeah. it'll still work. I'm hoping. Excellent. Yeah, but it's just a lot of stuff. And I'm thinking, well, should I just do the nuke and pave thing? Because this is, I probably have seven years of upgraded systems you know i probably all this all these upgrades probably started you know on 10.5 or something on mm-hmm. this mac mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um maybe not that long ago but maybe 10.6 and so there's a lot of upgrades going on here and yeah. i'm wondering if i should just kind of blow away my system and just restart it you know not the app not the app folder but just the system folder and that part right of it. right so i don't know I think I might just do the easy way out and see if I have problems and then nuke it after that. Nuke and pave <laughs> afterwards. We'll see. I, I I think that's a good I think that's a good thing, you know, obviously uh you know, like we always say, backup, 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 right? And uh yeah. and luckily I have tons of backups. Yeah. I'm really although one thing really bit me recently 
on a thing I didn't back up, mm-hmm. which is I have a lot of my Blu-rays backed up onto a media drive. Yes. And we talked a little bit about this before. And that, and I had, and I did set up a backup for that drive. I had a, I had two um, raids set up, and one to copy, one supposedly to copy to the other. But I never set up a automatic nightly backup of that. I just did it once, and then I forgot. So I had about a about a year old backup of this media raid, and one of the drives went out, and it and it, and the raid was not a con- configuration that was recoverable. It was in the fast mode. Where if oh you my. lose, yeah, it was four drives, and if you lose one drive, that's it. You've lost everything. One day there was some beeping coming from the drive. I could hear it trying. One of the drives, I could hear it starting to spin up, and then it would stop. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just dead. And that made all the other, even the other three drives in it were fine. Right. It made the data in there useless. Oh. So I lost a year of DVD back of Blu-ray backups. Oh. Yeah. And you didn't want to try and recover. No, because it was a physical issue. Like the drive wasn't spinning up; it was just dead and and mm-hmm. buried. I mean, I guess right. I could have maybe tried to swap the controller card or something right. on the drive and doing some weird. And I just don't have time for that. So right, yep. But yeah. just, but then I changed it to one of the RAID five configurations where if one of the drives goes bad, you can still swap it and recover. I changed it to that, so that's not going to happen again. And I I'm going to set up a Chronosic backup of that so but you know it's gonna bite you if you don't back up it's gonna bite you i know i know yep <laughs> and uh I, i'm i'm waiting for that bite to happen <laughs> myself and uh even though you know every even though i do kind of more simple backups like the you know time machine stuff but sometimes you know i just get lazy i, I don't do it and you know uh i, I mean just Maybe just don't care. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, you only really care when it happens. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. like insurance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay, well, so, well, we have a little bit of time left. I want to talk about another thing I haven't gotten yet, but I ordered it. Okay. Which is an, an LG wide monitor. Now, okay, so this is a new monitor that you're going to put in your editing system. Is that correct? Correct. Now, were you not using Apple Cinema Displays for the longest time? Well, I have one Apple display, okay, uh, the 30-inch, okay, and I've had that forever. I, yeah. I actually got that in 2006, I think. They don't even make that anymore, do they? No, they discontinued it long ago, and it's right. amazingly still okay, but it's got some kind of issue, which it kind of always has had. And it sometimes it just starts up and you can hardly read it. It's got like bands down the middle and stuff. And eventually it fades away and it's normal again. Mm-hmm. But it just happens. And when it happens, you can't use it. It's just unusable. So I have to kind of wait like an hour for it to, the bad stuff to fade away. And then it's okay again for a while. <laughs> so so, so it in a way it has to warm up a little bit is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it has to warm up. And so it's just inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just decided to bite the bullet. And also, these monitors are getting a lot cheaper than they used to be. Yes. For for the same quality. Not interested in the new uh, Thunderbolt displays, the the twenty seven inches, or they're just too expensive. I mean, at a thousand bucks, it's pretty expensive for for what it is. I think they're probably amazing monitors, but uh, I didn't want to just replace mine with a slightly smaller monitor because right. that's pretty much what they are. Okay. Uh, 
and it's got the glossy screen. Not that the glossy screen is, I think you kind of have to get those now, but, but, uh, I just felt like it's a little expensive and I think the other ones are a better deal. And the thing about this LG wide, it's actually got way more screen real estate. It's, it's kind of like a, uh, two, two dot four format. You know those widescreen TV, widescreen movies. Oh yeah. You know where they're letterbox the top and the bottom, and you have that. Sure. Well, this is this is the size of the monitor. So oh, so it's actual true widescreen. It, it's like a true widescreen. It's like uh-huh. a true cinemascope type type screen. So right. I get I'll get a lot more real estate out of it. It's almost like having another extra monitor on the left. No. Yeah. And it's curved. The one that I ordered is curved. I'm trying to find it. I've been ordering so much stuff. I'm losing track of everything. I see. I see a bunch of how. How big is is your is your screen? Is it going to be the thirty four inch? Yeah, it's the thirty four inch. Okay, I, I I see a bunch of them here. Yeah, it's so it's a little bit not quite as tall as my cinema, but about mm-hmm. six or seven inches wider. Right. So it's not that much different. It's it's not, only five ninety nine. Um, that might be the lower end one. I think the oh. one I got was more like eight or nine, or something like that. I yeah, I think mine's. See, I don't even see those. I got the thirty four UC ninety seven. That was that's see. the nine hundred dollar one. I don't even see that. Maybe the oh UC ninety seven S. Yeah. Oh yeah, nine hundred bucks. You're right. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. Although you can get some the the flatter ones are cheaper and mm-hmm. and I decided the widescreen uh, with this curve might be better. Okay. Because um, it's curved so it's kind of far away from you, but it's mm-hmm. facing you more. Okay. So what I find with the thirty inch that I have, it's when you're starting getting getting to like the lower left of the screen, it's kind of mm-hmm. far away. So the fact that it's the LG is curving into us, mm-hmm. curving into me is actually going to probably help me see. Do you use one monitor or twos? I use two monitors. I have the cinema on right, kind of right in front of me and to the right I have a, a little bit nicer reference monitor. So how in in will this one replace the uh the Apple Cinema one? Yeah, it's going to replace the Apple Cinema. Okay. All right, and then you're still going to keep that other one that you say is nice, pretty nice monitor as as your second screen. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, I thought I ordered yeah. it, but maybe I didn't. Well, you yeah. could be waiting around for nothing now. Yeah, I th- maybe I thought I ordered it from Amazon. Did I? Huh. Looks like a great looks look, looks like a great uh, looks like a great thing. You, yeah, you're right. Is the 34 inch class. Uh, 21.9 ultra wide right uh monitor it's the 34 uc97-s model for anyone who's interested that's the one that keith is going to be getting uh those uh although the stand looks to be a little suspect yeah Hopefully it'll work definitely not going to use the stand because i have visa arms yes like uh pneumatic Good. arms right Good. So perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. So that's those, those to are going to work, work really well. And this, mm. yeah. So it's not not 4K, but uh, it's close. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Good. And at 900 bucks, uh, it better be pretty darn close. Yeah. Except I don't think I ordered it. I think I was waiting for Black Friday. Ah, that might be that might be the trick. Yeah. Where where then you'll just pay 10 percent more. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So this is right now. It's on. It's actually shipping. And it's on B and H for nine seventeen. Hmm. So that's that's not too bad. Originally it was a lot more. 
Good. Yeah. Okay. So now, now comes the the surprise of the day. Uh, th- this I is just, what I this is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for yeah. this. No, this is actually in my hands. This is not just ordered or vaporware. I thought I ordered it and I didn't. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> something you actually have that we can actually speak on for real. Yes, and I have my. Um, I'm going to get my, uh, my 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 uh, utility knife out. Okay. And I'm going to open up the box that I just picked up from UPS because I didn't want them to deliver it because it's so expensive. Oh, it, oh, exciting. So you actually had to make a physical run yes, uh, to go pick this thing up. Yes. Wow. Yes, so I'm opening it it's up. It's got to be bars of gold. O- ordered it from my friend at Terry at Texas Media Systems. Texas and Media he, Systems. And he got I probably one of the first people to actually get these in the whole world. Fantastic. Unless this, is a, know. this is a promo copy, ladies and gentlemen. Promo copy. I'm opening the box fairly kind of nicely right. packed, not too bad. And it's okay. a box is opening here and the bo- the outside of the box says PXW series mm. Sony. Okay. And uh opening the box here and uh Trying to clear some space. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, I'm pulling out. The first thing I'm pulling out is how heavy is the box? Give me, give me a rough estimate. The box. I can give you an exact estimate because I got my okay. scale. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we love that darn scale. I'll tell the you that. The box is not way. that light, but it's got. I think it's got extra stuff in it. Okay. So, I'll take off one of the lenses that I had on there before. Uh, okay. That you probably dropped on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the box weighs nine pounds six ounces. Ooh, okay. So this is this is a big baby right it's a pretty here. Big, is, it was a pretty big box. This is a big big baby. Okay, let's yeah. go. I'm opening up, and I'm the first thing I'm opening I'm up looks is a oh, it's a handle. <gasps> it's a handle with a little lank remote connection on it, and it looks mm-hmm. like the handle to the side of a camcorder. Very nicely shaped. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna open the next thing up. What's this? This looks like an LCD panel. Uh-oh. A little LCD viewing screen. Next thing is a nice lens. The lens is... What kind of lens? It's uh, 18 to 105 F4 with okay. a servo zoom built in. Okay. With an E-mount on it. Lens hood. Pulling out the main show here. There's a something not that big coming out here. It's kind of a boxy thing. It is a Sony 4K. Where's the model number? They gotta have the model number on it somewhere. It has to have it on there. You're you're killing me. Let's uh, the model is well. It's 4K XD Cam XAVC. I don't see the model. Oh, maybe it's on the bottom, on the teeny little print that I can't read. PXW FS5. <laughs> it's the FS5. The FS5. Oh my gracious! You're kidding me. Yeah, it's the FS5. And it's light. The the body, this thing yes. that I just pulled out. Yes. It's so light. It actually looks really nice. I pulled it out. I'm going to weigh just the body part. This is what you've been waiting for. 
this is what I've been waiting for, and really not that long. They got it really quick to me. It is. Th this is really great because on B and H they say it's coming soon. It's not even available yet. Yeah. This is uh, terrific. This is one pound fourteen ounces. So, yeah, it's really nice. It's about. I would say that it's maybe almost the size of the C one hundred. Certainly a lot lighter. Mm -hmm. It's got a huge hole in the back for battery, uh, which is it's, it's almost like a hollow. The whole thing's hollow because of right. that. Right. Um, it looks really nice. Got tons of buttons, and I can't wait to try it out. Now, when do you think you'll be able to do that? Uh, I'm gonna t probably tomorrow a little bit. Oh, good. Yeah, I might not be able to do it tonight because it's getting a little bit late. But I might. Maybe I'll All walk right. around in the dark with it. You know, and see how yeah. how great that low light is. Yeah, I could try it's it with a prime lens or something. Yeah. Fantastic. But I bet if I put uh, FS5 low light test. On YouTube now, it'd probably get a million hits. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah, yeah. Terry yeah. said Terry was excited about me trying it out and uh, and having and writing a review about it. So well, we'll have I, to do that. Yeah, I told him that we were going to put it on our podcast. Yes, so, excellent. Yeah. Well, I well then uh, th there's a teaser for our next episode. Then I mm -hmm. think Keith, huh? Yep. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Okay. Well. Uh, I think it's time that we wrap up uh, this episode mm -hmm. of uh, of Tech Move uh, and let us uh, continue with that teaser. Keith, in our next episode, we'll be doing a full review. Well, hopefully it'll be a full review uh, if he hasn't dropped it or thrown <laughs> it off the cliff or anything like that. Uh, he'll be doing his review of the Sony PXW FS5, the Super 35 camera system which everyone is clamoring for. So um, we're going to, we're, we're, we're looking forward to that very, very shortly. Uh, Keith, before we go, let's, let's uh, remind the folks of how they can get in touch with us. Of course, on the web, right at uh, www.techmovepodcast.com. Where else can they find us, Keith? They can find us on Facebook at tech move podcast, and they can communicate with us on Twitter at and that's at uh, I think that's at Tech Move Podcast. That is at Tech Move Podcast. Yes, Fan fantastic, and also that great uh, application called Stitcher. Uh, you can find us there and listen to us. But most of all, we want you guys to make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. That's uh, almost the most important thing. It is, and also leave us some good reviews. Yeah, we'd love to. We we uh, we'd love to, to to get your feedback. Yeah, I still uh, have some flocking. <laughs> go for it guys flock away <laughs> ladies and gentlemen flock away alright well hey that's going to do it for us um, Keith as always another terrific episode in the can thank you very much for uh, for being with me here oh it's my pleasure Rod oh, fa yeah. always fantastic okay ladies and gentlemen for Keith Moreau I have been Rod Louie uh, and this has been Tech Move thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time